many people are a little down tonight? Would you raise your hand? Okay. Uh, let me just, I, wouldn't, I wasn't going to plan on doing this, but since you, you pushed me into it, uh, I just thought it would be good for us to touch on a few scriptures before we get into this tonight. Uh, would some of you fellas stay at 8 o'clock and help us take these chairs back to the rooms that they belong in? The dark brown ones are downstairs. The light brown ones are over here. Um, Daniel chapter 2, uh, verse number uh, 21 is always uh, an encouragement to me continually. My, uh, my son called me from Texas. He says, uh, this morning, he says, how you doing, Dad? You didn't take the bridge, did you, yet? He says, my son came in last night, his son, Josh. And uh, he saw I was down watching that election. And, and uh, he said, I told him, I remember when I was growing up as a kid that you and Mother were, were really down when Jimmy Carter got elected. <laughs> and so we go through these times, and... Uh, they can't be the end of the world. But in Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, the scripture says, and he changes the times and the seasons. We know that here in Pennsylvania, don't we? I tell people all the time, we have three great seasons in Pennsylvania. Uh, he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. And uh, you and I are living proof of that today. Uh, almost half of our country is depressed. Uh, one consolation is we're not alone. Uh, a lot of people are really working, praying, uh, doing their best. And, you know, our church did better this year than ever before. Uh, just standing up for the sanctity of life. You know, you can just drop all the names off the candidates. Uh, because God blesses a nation that blesses its children. Can I have an Amen. Uh, you know, Jesus said, let the little children come to me. And uh, we believe that uh, a child is a child from the very beginning of it all. There's not a stage along anywhere when a, when a fetus becomes a baby. Uh, a fetus, uh, a baby is a baby as soon as that baby is conceived. And so um, uh, we're, we're always in a war in our country and around the world for truth. Uh, and uh, evidently, God has spoken. And uh, what we have to always do is uh, be willing to be willing to go along with what God has said. You did the right thing uh, by trying to stand up for the sanctity of life. Uh, it's always right. Uh, someone told me a long time ago, rarely is the majority the custodian of truth. Uh, you know, the people that are speaking the truth are usually in the minority. Uh, we've made some terrific gains uh, as far as the sanctity of life is concerned, but that could be all gone very quickly now. Uh, but uh, that doesn't change uh, what you and I have to be about. You know, we're here, we're in America, we're going to be the best Americans that we can be, and uh, we're going to hope for the best and pray for the best. Uh, another scripture that uh, you might want to take note of tonight is Proverbs 21.1. Uh, the Lord does allow people to come to power in different places around the world. And, you know, we, we see all these people that are 
that we shake our heads and we say, my goodness, how did, how did that happen? Uh, but uh, this, this is uh, some consolation here to you. Proverbs 21.1, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And like the rivers of water, he turns it whether, uh, wherever he wishes. And so no matter who it is, no matter if they're people that are promoting the right thing or people that are promoting the wrong thing, uh, God has a way that he can change their direction. Um, I'm sure that you've probably heard, you know, you've been listening to people all day and, and uh, you've heard all, all sorts of things. But uh, the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, what? That shall he also reap. One other scripture is Proverbs 14.34. Proverbs uh, 14.34. Uh, this is what we hope for, and this is what we pray for, and this is what we work for. And, and this is what the business of the church, really. Uh, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach or a disgrace to any people. And uh, God, in the Bible, God always blesses the nation that is righteous, but he always punishes the nation that is unrighteous. That's his principle. Uh, Exodus 34, 7 says, I will not let the guilty go unpunished. And uh, the tragedy of it all is, is in the midst of God-punishing nations, there's a lot of good people that get caught in the trap. Uh, and so this is what we're going to do from here on out, we've, what we've been doing. Uh, we're going to be uh, just following the Lord uh, because we know that every, every bit of righteousness is, uh, exalts our nation and every bit of sin tears it down. And, uh, you know, I think many of us have been around long enough to have felt a number of times that uh, the Lord pulled the plug on America. Uh, I thought when Jimmy Carter was in, that was the end. You know, I thought, boy, somebody just, it's all going down the drain here. Uh, but, uh, but we don't really know those things. You know, that we don't know those things. And so uh, we just have to pick up ourselves and, and, and go on and do the best we can. Uh, we can't always get our way. But we can always speak up for that which is truthful, right? And uh, we can't allow, uh, you know, anybody to stop us from speaking up against those things that are right. And that's the uniqueness of the church. Uh, my uh, son, Steve, he's, uh, he's, really a, he's really interested in politics and church and spirituality and and. Uh, Last time he was here, just this last weekend, he, he looked at me and he says, Dad, are the churches just asleep? And I thought to myself, boy, that's a, that's a provocative statement. You know, that's a, that's a penetrating statement. Are the churches just asleep? Um, I think probably some of them are. But uh, I'm thankful that ours isn't here. You guys, uh, you guys worked hard for the sanctity of life and God will reward you for that. And so uh, we just keep going and we keep uh, doing the right thing uh, because life is filled with lots of disappointments along the way. But the beauty of it all is uh, even though we may lose some of the battles that, uh, that we don't want to lose, uh, we're going to win the war at the ultimate hour. Amen. We're on the winning side. God is ultimately in control, and uh, 
when you go back and look through the New Testament, even during the time of Christ, his world was not a happy world. His world was probably worse than our world. But uh, he sent his disciples out in the midst of it and said, listen, in effect, keep your head up high because you have a message that uh, can change people's lives. And that's what he's doing in the midst of it all. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll just uh, stop there on that. Uh, for those of you who came in, are there, let's see, I'm sure there are some papers that, for people that came in. Why don't you take these way back there to Karen, put her in charge, and uh, anybody else comes in, we'll... Uh, Okay, we're, uh, we're continuing on. We're marching, and uh, I have strict orders tonight. We have to stop at 8, so that we're going to do that. You have your little piece of paper in front of you, uh, something to write on. Um, we're talking to you these days about prayer. We're just emphasizing a few, we're not making a, a complete, comprehensive study out of this in the Bible because we'd be here for the next two or three years. Well, we're just touching a few of the high spots, bringing up a few of the highlights. And so on this first line, what we want to do is our first prayer is this. Lord, teach me to pray. That's what the disciples uh, said to the Lord in Luke 11:2. Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to through the years and they said, you know, I've just never been able to pray very good. I've never been a good prayer. Well, I... You know, the answer to that is to pray and ask the Lord to help you. And, you know, every area of our life that we struggle in, that's, that's always the answer. Just pray about it, right? Uh, it seems a little flip or a little uh, trite, but it's always true. You know, Philippians 4, 6 says, pray about everything. And uh, especially about praying. And I think a lot of times people think, well, you know, some of the people, they're just inclined that way. You know, they just kind of lean that way. I'm more social, and I don't like to sit down and be quiet. I like to go out and uh, interact with people, and I just have a hard time uh, settling my mind down and things of that nature. That's why we're trying to teach you to write these things down, because that helps you focus. Uh, our first prayer is, Lord, teach me to pray. And then uh, this is the prayer I pray. I, I have it in quotes right here. Make me, Lord, the best prayer that I can be. And, uh, and the Lord is answering that prayer. He really is. Um, now one of our young guys here this week or so ago came up to me, and he's been listening to what we're talking about in here. And uh, he said, you know, I tried to start doing this. I'm really struggling with it. And I, thought, I think what he, he was expecting is if you just do a few things, then, uh, then you're going to like, you know, in the course of a few weeks, this thing's going to all work out for you. You know, you're going to get it. And uh, I told him, listen, I said, this is just a lifelong learning process here. Uh, just start on the journey. Struggle with it. Uh, don't, don't expect to climb a mountain. Uh, just, uh, just take it one easy little step at a time and rejoice with each victory. Uh, be proactive. In one of our groups last week, we or the week before, we talked about this. Be proactive rather than reactive. Uh, you know, most of the people think of prayer in the reactive sense. You know, something happened to me, and so therefore I should what? 
pray, right? Uh, some bad thing. Uh, there are probably a lot of Christians saying right now, boy, and I've heard it already. I, I, I'm on this Internet list with these pastors, and the, one guy says, well, you know, I guess I'm going to have to do a better job. You know, it's reactive. You know, uh, things didn't go my way, so maybe I didn't do the right thing. And so now I'm going to shape up. Uh, that's a poor way to live, really, reactively. Be proactive. Uh, the Lord wants us, really, uh, to take the battle into the enemy's zone. And I think a lot of Christians are waiting for the battle like to come to them. Uh, but God wants us to be on the offensive and we do that by having a divine appointment. You know, every time we have our divine appointment with the Lord, what that means is I'm being on the offensive. I'm not waiting for some catastrophe or calamity to happen to me. I'm going right in here and I'm going on the offensive. And, um, for instance, in Matthew chapter 10, um, Jesus, in verse 5, sent his disciples out. And he said, listen, I want, I'm sending you out on a mission. He didn't say, listen, you stay back here in the church and the mission will come to you. He said, I'm sending you out on a mission. Go. And that's what we do when we have our divine appointment. We're going. uh, And uh, we're going on an invasion, really. And so I want to encourage you to be proactive rather than reactive. Take the battle to the enemy rather than responding to his attacks on you. Because the best defense is a good what? Right. And, and you know, when we think, we ask ourselves, you know, what, kind, what is my offense like? Uh, do I have a good offense? Or am I just defensive all the time? Okay, we must have a sharp sword and strong spiritual presence. Now, the sharp sword deals with the Bible, Psalm 119, verse 11. Who knows what that says? Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you, Lord. We have to have a sharp sword. And so that begins by us assimilating the Bible and memorizing some of the verses. I think I was in a class in Bible college one time, and they made us memorize 300 verses of Scripture. Uh, I think we did that, and two weeks after we did it, we couldn't, we couldn't quote one of them. How many people have ever crammed for a test? My whole life's been cramming for a test or a lesson. <laughs> uh, and you know, when you do that, it just kind of slips away from you because you don't use it much. Uh, but... Um, I want to encourage you to just start gradually, pick out a few scriptures, put them on some little cards, put them in your pocket, and start working on them. Because you know what will happen if you, if you do that? God will give you the opportunity to use them. He really will. And, it, you know, it's so cool when you get that opportunity. You know, you're talking to somebody, and, you, and then all of at once it pops into your mind. Ding! And then you just use it, and the person says, man, this guy's like the walking Bible. You don't, you don't do that for that reaction. But it's nice to not have to say, listen, my Bible's in the trunk and I don't have a clue where it is. The verse. I know the verse is in the Bible. How many times have we said that? I know this verse is in the Bible. 
Boy, the Bible's a big book, isn't it? Who's going to find it? And so, why don't you write Psalm 119, verse 11 down and start right there. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, how hard is that? If that's too hard for you, try Jesus wept. You know, you can master that one tomorrow. Okay? You know, it'll give you a little confidence. <laughs> Jesus wept. Remember, don't try to always... I think people get discouraged. They try to climb a mountain. and you know, Just do it gradually. Just go up to the mountain and look at it a while. Um, okay. Um, we, uh, we were talking about the last point of what does prayer do. And, and we said to you, it changes us. Remember I told you the story about the guy? that always used to come to church and he said, pray for my daughter, she needs to change. And constantly people were praying for his daughter. (coughs) He finally came in one day and was so relieved. He said, listen, God has shown me that it's it's me. I have to change. He was so relieved. And you know what? One of the greatest things I've learned about prayer is the fact that it's designed to change us. And it changes us here in these areas. Let's look at it. Uh, number one, two, and three. It changes our countenance. <coughs> Excuse me. It changes our character. And it changes our mind or the way we think. Uh, this is why. This is why in our world, you know, things are so clear to you as Christians. Because God has changed the way you think. And so you talk to somebody that hasn't been touched by God, they don't think like you think. And you're like explaining this very simple thing about right and wrong, and it's like they're not thinking like you're thinking. And the reason why is because God has changed the way you think. Uh, Let's start uh, at number two here, okay? God changes our character. Uh, you know, conversion uh, is, the, the salvation conversion step is just the beginning. And we begin, we, we then go on a long journey uh, of character changes in our life that last for the rest of your life. Uh, you know, I know that we're excited sometimes when God changes some major flaws in our character. You know, there are people that are dramatically converted from something really bad over uh, to Christ to something really good and a major, major transformation and change. But, you know, the Lord is not, ch- not satisfied, I don't think, with, uh, you know, a few dramatic changes in our life. I think he wants to be changing us all the time, all the way along the journey. He wants to be refining our character. And uh, I want to share this verse with you, okay? It's written down here, 2 Corinthians 3.18. And I'm going to turn over there because there's a a few, yeah, uh, just a few thoughts here. And then we'll go on and do something else. Our time is flying by tonight. Uh, 2 Corinthians Uh, 3.18. I I love this section of Scripture here. Now, I'm going to begin reading in verse 14. But their minds were blinded. For until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament. This is talking about the Jewish people here. You know, 
it's amazing that so many Christians know so much about the Old Testament. Jewish people don't know about the Old Testament. And you think, boy, they, they ought to really be the masters because they're like the Old Testament people, right? But the Bible says here their minds are blinded. They have a veil. And so when the, when the Old Testament is written, uh, they don't understand it because the veil is, is taken away only through Christ. Their understanding of the Old Testament is taken away through Christ. But when to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. You know, I went to a Jewish synagogue here a few years ago, over Dr. Kaplan's synagogue, and uh, those people really read the Bible. There's a lot of Bible in there. It's almost, I felt very comfortable in their service. Uh, all they read the Bible backwards. I don't know if you're familiar with that. You know, they don't turn the pages like we do. They go the other direction. I can't figure that out. But they, but they read a lot of the Bible and they talk about the Old Testament things. But uh, here the scripture says when that happens, they can't understand it. Uh, but even to this day when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nonetheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. That's that veil, that barrier to understanding God. Now, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, that's a Christian, Your veil, the veil has been lifted. And if you are recently saved in this room tonight, you don't think the way you used to think. Um, but we are with we're, the veil has been lifted. Behold, and you and you and you're looking in a mirror. As as you're looking in a mirror, you're seeing the glory of the Lord. This is what happens in prayer. Whenever you are in the presence of God, you're very close to Him, as though you were looking in a mirror. Looking in a mirror is a frightful thing, isn't it? But it's a healthy thing. The result is pretty good, or better, let's say. Uh, and you're looking in this mirror and you're seeing the Lord and you are being transformed into the same image or profile. And so really what this means is when you hang out with the Lord, God is changing your character to, to you, so that your profile starts to look like his. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, evil company corrupts good character. You know, how many times has some parent come to us in the church and says, my kid is all messed up now because he's hanging around these bad people. Evil company corrupts good character. But the converse is true. Good character is promoted by hanging around with good people. And so when you and I are in the presence of the Lord, how much better can we get than that, see? And so that means that our character is being transformed when we spend time with Jesus. And we're going to stop right there and pick that up. Um, what we want to do is two things. Now, uh, we have our, our birthday gift to Jesus thing there. Uh, ladies, I want to encourage you to form some groups of three or four people in each ladies group. Guys, the same. And I want you to look at the, the principles on the back. Uh, and I want you to talk about that in the group, how we can prepare our mind for the next two or three months and go over those principles. Uh, how are we going to, as a family, pray about our part? How are we going to give more to Jesus? Just talk about it in your group, how we can promote it in the church, how we can keep it before our family, uh, and how God can bring this to pass in our life. 
Just talk about the principles, and then after you do that, flip it over and take a few of the missionaries and then pray for them that God would provide their needs, okay? And join me uh, each day praying over each one of those names. And I'm going to call their name to the Lord that God will provide the need through through us. Okay, let's uh, break up into our little groups. Let's have some groups go over here and... On this side of the auditorium, and just talk about uh, maybe you'd like to give your testimony in your group about how what this has done in your life in recent years, and how important it is for us to to be involved in something like this. Okay, just uh, link up with some people. Thank you. You're doing pretty good.